This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Blaine Fowler. BYU Sports Station is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Thursday, July 7th, wherever and however you are connected, Wonderful to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up alongside a man and a good friend in the current edition of Studio B for the final time ever, Blaine Fowler. Which I can't even believe. It it feels like one of the greatest honors of all of my appearances over all of these years. (laughs) More than eight years here. Eight and a half years, right? Eight and a half years here in, in Studio B. In Studio B with this version of the set. And I have to admit, I knew I knew that coming in. I'm, I'm a little melancholy about it because I'm thinking back over history. It brings back some really cool memories, some great moments we've had on the show here. But I immediately started to peruse the set mm-hmm. to see what I am going to take. Because <laughs> I'm going to take something before it's all said and done from this set. And I'm not taking some of the stuff I gave. I'm, like it's like when you. When when you go to the temple and everybody puts their shoes, like I typically <laughs> I typically trade up when I leave. I get better shoes than I came with okay. at the temple. Is that bad? <laughs> no. So so I have to say I might be I don't know what size those yellow shoes are on the back wall, those Nikes, but you got your eyes on the hostway. After I did yeah, a little perusal yeah. of the of the set, I might be taking those shoes okay. with me at the end you of like the day. Like the neon yellow but it shoes. But I mean, it, it feels like the end of an era, even though the show just com- completely keeps going on. Yes. Go into a temporary studio while they redo this one. But um, what an unbelievable run you and Jeremy have had Wild. with this show. And those of us that get to come fill in once in a while when you guys are out, um, it's been amazing. And hopefully this it's just the start of another eight or ten or however many year run just with different stuff around yeah us, right? hard to believe uh, we're approaching 2300 episodes all time yeah that's amazing it's and when uh, it all started we and, and we, we were all pitching and thinking about the idea we we're like is this something that would be good and they can go long term is this something people will watch and listen pushing to? a decade it is we're pushing it a decade is. it's it's it, been awesome you guys have done an amazing job so. hey, it's your advantage for being here uh on the final day of this set in studio b and i know hey the hostway rivera shoes those are those are legit. You might have to fight Jerem for those. They're pretty but. sweet. They're pretty sweet. <laughs> Maybe later we'll give you guys a chance to peruse the thing with us and tell us what you might take. We'll have we'll a see. live auction on BYU. Yeah, ex- we could do that. We could raise some funds for some good charity for that. <laughs> Who so. gets? Yeah, for charity, right? Yeah, it'd be for, for charity. For charity. Everything for goes charity. to charity after our cut. Yeah, I've I've got like six or seven. <laughs> <laughs> Subtly after our cut. <laughs> after our cut. We've got like six or seven things in mind that I definitely will be taking with me okay, today. Okay, well. We'll get to that. More of that yeah. later. We'll talk about that yes. a lot later. Uh, if so. you haven't figured it out yet, we're getting a new set. Uh, we're going to transition to a different studio here in BYU Broadcasting for um, a little over a month. And then we'll be back in here with a new look set at some point as we near football season in 2022. And there's a lot of chances. And it's not... It is really cool timing, but as BYU transitions into the Big 12, we're making a lot of changes to what we're doing here to be bigger time than it. It's already been big time. we got to get ready, too. And, and, and listen, you, you know, Spencer, I've done a lot of network work over, over my career with, in NBC studios, at ESPN studios. No place um, 
puts more into or has better facilities than what we have right here at BYU TV. Incredible. This studio rivals any studio I've ever been in at any level. And the people that we get to work with from a technical perspective, when we roll that truck out and we go do, do a remote, it, it is network quality and then some. And so BYU just does it, does it the right way. But it feels like... We're getting bigger as we go into the Big 12. Mm. We're going to revamp this set. My understanding is we're going to do a whole new rethink of how we do Countdown to Kickoff that you uh, and I That's what we call a teaser, in. my friends. So we'll we'll announce that a little later, but we got we have some big really big thoughts about what we're going to do with Countdown to Kickoff and Post Game Live as we we're going to do it this year to get ready for the Big 12. So it's going to roll out, but we'll talk about that another day. Yeah. Big things ahead for BYU TV. Again, great to have you with us. Uh, I'm not sure the specific number of the show today. I just know we're getting close to 2,300. It's wild. <laughs> it is wild. <laughs> Typically, I know the specific show, but you know what? It's the summer. Give me a break, okay? I'm on vacation <laughs> from those it's, numbers. It's right after the 4th. We're still warning. Exactly. So. Here is your show lineup today. Football power index numbers from ESPN are out. Is it time to pump the brakes on optimism for BYU football based on what FPI says the Cougars will do against the 2022 schedule. Greg Rubel, the voice of the Cougars, will join us to discuss that, his optimistic takes, and what he thinks about all of this madness and potentially BYU and Utah getting back together in a Power 5 conference. Yeah, we've got the latest in the college football realignment Palooza. I like how you call it the Palooza. And by the way, it's 2293. 2293 shows, so there you go. So, like I said, close to 2,300. So. <laughs> Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Let's start with the uh, latest expansion update. Um, mm-hmm. The Big 12 is rumored to be having serious talks with Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, Utah, Oregon, and Washington. Okay, so this is not new, but we're just – every now entity is getting in on this. First it was CBS Sports, yeah. now it's The Athletic. Sports Illustrated. Everyone's joining the party now in that headline. Well, and there's there's different spinoffs each time we read a story. There's possibly the mega conference. Uh, you know, is what's going to happen? Is it going to be a mega conference where maybe the Pac-12 and the Big 12 combine, or the ACC and the Pac-12 have some type of an alignment, or is the Pac-12 just going to get picked apart? Mm. And the teams that already went to the Big Ten go to the Big Ten. Maybe another team goes. And then, then the Big 12, who's been unbelievably aggressive. Uh, Brett Yormark, the, the new commissioner, wasn't supposed to start until August 1st. Oh, no. He's, welcome, welcome to the yeah, job, Commission. He, he immediately had to take his jacket off, loosen his tie, roll his sleeves up, and get to work yeah. long before his intended start date. But, wow, has he been aggressive and reaching out and being right on the forefront of this. Nice to see. Mm. And so I think BYU's in a great place with that. But but what happens with all of this before we're all said and done? So that's a huge head. That's a headline every day from now until it's seven. <laughs> so. so for the next two years? <laughs> yeah, probably. Really, probably the next two years. So. United States women's national soccer team and Ashley Hatch, BYU legend, take on Jamaica tonight, 5 p.m. Mountain Time, streaming on Paramount Plus for those that would like to watch. The United States beat Haiti 3-0 last time out. Jamaica coming off a 1-0 loss to Mexico. The United States, by the way, has defeated Jamaica 26 straight times. In fact, they've never lost to Jamaica. They're 26-0 all time. Sorry, correction on that. 26 to nothing over the last four meetings. So, oh, oh, so they just 
outscored them 26-0. They're crushing them. Yeah, yeah, they're crushing them. They got a nice little win streak going against Jamaica. Yeah, and Jamaica lost 0-1 to Mexico, so the United States has been crushing them. Do you get to go play? Are they playing in Jamaica? No, unfortunately not, which if they were, I would be up for that, and maybe you and I would go cover the, the match, but not in Jamaica. We're always game for that. <laughs> Let's move to Alex Barcelo and the Toronto Raptors. First summer league game is July 9th against the Philadelphia 76ers, 1.30 Mountain Time. The NBA's Las Vegas Summer League tickets are, are kicks off today, and it runs through July 17th with Toronto having four games scheduled. If you're down in that area, easy to get tickets to the Summer League games. Really fun to watch. Um, we got Alex playing. Remember, Al Alex averaged 16.8 points, 3.8 boards, 3.3 assists per game his senior year at BYU. Tremendous leader. We're wishing the best for Alex Barcelo in his summer league endeavors. Hopefully he finds a roster spot through great play this summer. It's always a place for an elite shooter somewhere. Yes. Congratulations to Alicia May Mateo, named to the Women's Golf Coaches Association All-American Scholar Team. She started all 11 events for Kerry Roberts and the Cougars this season. She scored an average of a 73.38 on the course, Blaine. That's pretty good in my yeah, book. awesome. Honolulu native grabbed eight top 25 finishes, four top 10s, two top 5s helping the Cougars back to an NCAA regional for the first time since 2018. And, and this is huge because to balance, to be playing at that level and the time it takes to do that and balance your education so that you have the grades and the academic achievement to get a scholar-athlete uh, recognition, it's it's big time in my, in my opinion. For sure. And BYU's had a long history of academic All-Americans in multiple sports. Take a lot of pride in that. Big time congratulations. That is not easy to do. A perfect segue to rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. What's Trending presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. You know what? Let's just go ahead and get right to it. Hit it! Countdown to the Bulls. 58 days. 58 days away. BYU at South Florida. Still didn't harmonize right. It's okay. We'll get we'll get it. We need to work on it. Okay. On the golf course. The the unison. Okay, yeah. First you you established the unison. Then hey, the we'll, fact that I didn't we'll even start and finish when you did was better than you know <laughs> than we've done before. But I really want to harmonize with you on that. So Okay. Fair okay. enough. Wade. The entertainer in me wants to be able to do that. So <laughs> Spencer and I are gonna work on that. And at some point we'll harmonize on that. It'll be for perfect you. by the time the news sets out. Yes, okay? there we go. Fifty-eight days away, BYU in Tampa Bay at the home of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady, who's like sixty-eight years old. But <laughs> hey, hey, they're they're giving way to the Bulls and the Cougars to open up their respective college football seasons. He's my idol because he's the only guy older than me still playing. <laughs> Here's the thing, Blaine. ESPN's football power index. Yes, they have BYU favored to beat USF. Not a mm -hmm. shocker. But we were a little shocked to see the overall projection from FPI. And again, this is a computer projection. These are not people. These are not voters. These are strictly numbers crunched by computers. They have BYU going 7-5 and five in 2022. 7-5? Uh, everybody else is saying, oh, the Cougars should win at worst eight games, probably nine games. Uh, I'm leaning towards ten games. Right. Based on what they've done the past two years. Hey, on this show a couple weeks ago, I, I set the over-under at 9.5. There you go. Right? Okay. So does the FPI having BYU going 7-5 and five make you push pause on the BYU hype train and hit the brakes and slow down just a little bit? So it certainly makes me step back. Mm-hmm. And go through the numbers in detail, and 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 so I'm I kind of doubling my efforts on my off-season research. I'm going, did I? Am I missing something here? 
and and mostly it's about because I, I know what BYU is. I'm really confident that I know in detail every position group at BYU and what they've got coming back. That's what has given me confidence. Okay, but have I have I not put in enough time on their opponents? Because some because I'm going. Wait a minute here, and what am I missing? And I think computers have a hard time with BYU. I think even people putting their eyes on folks have a hard time with BYU. With return missionaries, gray shirts, last year with a lot of injuries and guys coming back, it's kind of hard to evaluate preseason what they're going to be any year, let alone when they've had as many injuries as they did last year. But I'm asking myself things like, wait a minute, is Baylor not as good as I thought they were? Because the FBI index makes that game like closer to a toss-up than okay. where I'm like, God, I thought Baylor was going to be really good. Are Stanford and Liberty better than I'm giving them credit for? Because I didn't think I thought that those games would be. I just marked those two down as as wins. Although I know Liberty and Stanford have talent, sure. I know, but I felt like, wow, they're they're like almost 50-50 mm-hmm. games. Is Boise State way better than I thought they were going to be this year? I know they got a lot of folks coming back. Um, so now now I find myself after I read this last night digging into the scouting reports, returning players for these other teams because mm-hmm. I'm did. What did I miss? Maybe it maybe be maybe it isn't nine point five. Maybe maybe Boise State's better than I think they're gonna be. Sure. And for the record, BYU's ranked number forty six overall in the football power index. Right. Twenty one spots out of the top twenty five. Right. Now, you talk about the people numbers. Sure. If if you look at all of the preseason polls, and they all, they're all called the way-too-early preseason poll, right? But you across the board, the teams that are consistently ranked on BYU's schedule, including BYU, who's in most of those polls. In the, the top way. 20 in many right. instances. Right, and almost all of them. Oregon is consistently ranked. Baylor's consistently ranked. Notre Dame's in the top 10 in everybody's poll. Oregon's in a couple people's top top 10 poll. And then Arkansas's in some and not in others. So so to me, it's like, though, well, I agree with everybody. Those are the Those are the four teams – that are going to be the biggest challenge, um, but you know, in the ESPN FPI, if, if you look down here, that Baylor a forty-two point eight percent win percentage for BYU in Provo, right? And so, so to me, the way I look at it is, if it's seventy percent, sixty-five percent to seventy percent or higher, then then that's pretty much you could you can count on a win there unless something happens. If it's thirty-five percent or lower, then then it's like yeah, that team. Should should beat BYU, so if it's if it's between forty and sixty, then you're going. Whoa, that's kind of a toss up game, and and they've got they've got Baylor at forty two point eight percent. You know they they've got uh, which I thought wow that's interesting. I thought Baylor coming in here with a size and physicality, and I know they lose some key cogs. They lose a lot of that back seven on defense. Um, you know Oregon they have at 25.9, You saw there they do not like BYU's they, chances they like at BYU's Austin Stadium, and I mean I say that's. It's interesting because I felt like BYU had a better chance to go in and surprise Oregon because of matchups. Who is Oregon even? They've right. got a brand new coach. Then, then Baylor. Brand new scheme. Right? they got a transfer quarterback. Like, who is Oregon? Well, and the one that surprises me, they have Arkansas, 46.4% win percentage for BYU. So they're saying Arkansas is going to come into Provo um, from down close to sea level <laughs> for the first time, play in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. And, I mean, that's like, again, that's kind of in that toss-up range. But – but I would think I would think BYU might be favored in that one, maybe fifty five percent or fifty six percent, rather than Arkansas. In this, they would be favored in that game. And then how about Boise State? That's the one that surprised me the most. Um, they have Boise State at Boise State, forty three percent win percentage okay. for for BYU. 
Yet in their overall FPI, they got BYU 46 and Boise State 47, but they think on the road, the blue. on the blue turf. They're looking at history and what BYU has not been able to do most of the time up there, which is win. BYU yeah. has one win on the blue. Yeah, based on this, they say Boise State's going to win then. I'm going, oh, man, I need to go back and take another look at Boise State. they got Hank Bachmeyer back. They've got some linemen back. Um, so so who knows on that one. Then Stanford, um, they're expecting them to be better than I thought they were going to be. They still get BYU a chance to win at Stanford, but 52.9. They're sure. basically calling that game a toss-up, they're calling Liberty a toss-up. They're, they're calling Baylor somewhat of a toss-up. Um, so, yeah, it's really interesting. But if you take it in and in, in, in compile it all, you come up with what you talked about at the beginning, 7-5 and five for BYU. Yeah. How are okay. you feeling about that? So, again, uh, the initial reaction is, huh? What? What? And I know some BYU fans out there are like, well, ESPN has no idea what they're talking about. Again, these are computer computer projections. This has nothing to do with people. They're just putting in numbers, returning mm-hmm. production, like margins of victory. And this number changes locations. as the season goes on, right? Yes, it constantly updates. It updates week to week. So, in fact, from ESPN, the Football Power Index measures teams' true strength on net points scale, expected point margin versus average opponent on a neutral field. Okay, so again, this is just a formula. It's a mathematical formula. And keep in mind, it's it's not a science. I hate to bring it up, but in 2017, ESPN's FPI had BYU going 10 and 2. All right? 10 yeah. and 2. Remember that? 4 and 9. BYU had their worst season in 50 years. Right. You can't account for injuries. What, what did they have them last year? They had BYU going overall, they had BYU going uh eight and four, but they had BYU favored in ten games. Right. So BYU favored in 10 games, but overall going 8-4, and four, just because you, some of those toss-ups are going to go both ways, right? Yes. Okay, so the question we asked is, does it give you pause? It, it makes it, you slow down? Uh, initially, but no. Then I think about what BYU has. No, I'm going right back to they're going to win at least nine games. It makes, it makes me do more research, but then after I do my research, feel, I still think they're going to win nine more games. Yes. I'm with you, man. So I, I, there I, you go. Right there. BYU's going to win at least nine games. The three shockers for me were USF. I thought BYU would be like eh, more than an 80, 85% chance to win the game. It's 64.8% chance to win that opener. Mm-hmm. It's because USF brings back 85% of their yep. production from last year. Yep. That's why. That's there why the go. computer likes USF. Okay. And then you brought them up Liberty and Stanford, essentially toss of oh, games. Oh, me. At Liberty and at Stanford are toss of games. It's like, ooh. That one, yeah. Okay. I paused. All right. Yeah. The, the, the pause happened there for me. Our question of the day when you look at the Football Power Index win probabilities from ESPN, What is your reaction as it pertains to BYU football in 2022? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Cougar Stats on Twitter answers, disclaimer, I believe the Football Power Index is undervaluing BYU's returning production in 2022. Which is number one in the country, by the way. And Cougar Stats knows very well this is all about numbers, so they're not putting in the correct value of numbers. Mm-hmm. For what BYU brings back is, I believe, what uh, sure. Cougar Stats is saying right there. Yeah, and it, but that said, nearly half the games are mm-hmm. in the forty to sixty percent range. The more toss-ups there are, the more volatile the possible win totals will be. So the bigger swings. I think we're in for some close games hey, this year. Hey, BYU was and they were favored to win ten games last year, right? Yeah, they were fa- but it was like Utah fifty-two percent right chance. On. You know, Arizona State fifty-three percent. USC chance. no chance. <laughs> right? So there you go. So. Well, coming up, which piece of set swag am I walking off with today? If, especially if Jeremy's fighting me for the yellow shoes. Yeah, yeah. So he, he may have issue with that one. <laughs> and Greg Rebel, the voice of the Cougars, joins us to discuss the football power index numbers. 
he buying into this whole computer model? Is he giving him pause? He'll tell us next. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Welcome back, finally, to Studio B and BYU Sports Nation. You passed the test, everyone. It's the patience card that we're working on today. Thanks for hanging with us as we work through some technical issues. But we are back at Studio B alongside Blaine Fowler. I am Spencer Linton. And your patience will now be rewarded with the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, who is here to discuss ESPN's football power index, the numbers that we just went through at length, Greg. BYU's projected by the ESPN computers to go 7-5, and five, which we think is, you know, a big head-scratcher. When you look at numbers like this and you see the computer projections – what, how do you process this? Because you are a big numbers guy. Well, I, I think we need to look at, uh, at, at, at where they think the, the landmines are going to be for BYU and why they think they're going to be there for BYU. Uh, the Baylor game is interesting. It, it's, a, it, it's a home game for BYU. Baylor is one of the, I think, five lowest teams right now in terms of returning production. BYU's number one overall. Of course, we see how you can flip that on its, on its end. BYU last year, very low in returning production, ends up with a double-digit win season. But Baylor is one of those teams that has a lot to prove, and this will be their first FBS game of the season, right? The home opener for BYU is Baylor's second game, but I think they open with FCS or somebody low-ranked. Sure. So this is their first real test. How does Baylor perform on the road, at altitude, in the heat, with a group still trying to figure itself out against a team returning almost everybody? And it's a 42.8% win chance for BYU. Feels low to me. Yeah, yeah. Now, let's acknowledge Baylor was legitimately good last year and beat BYU by what the coaches say was a, uh, a game that, that could have gotten a wider margin than the final score by how the game was played. That said, I think Baylor's a smidge low. The at-Oregon game, a 1-4 chance to win that one, again, feels a smidge low for me as mm-hmm. well uh, for BYU. Um, Wyoming doesn't return a lot. Utah State doesn't return a lot. Those are both high-percentage win games for BYU. And home games. Yeah, Notre Dame, uh, neutral field, but heavy uh, Irish partisan crowd in Vegas. Very low number. Again, it's it's a midseason game. How much do we really know what both teams are going to look like at that point? Uh, Arkansas at home, I, I thought was I, I think under fifty was interesting. Yeah, that's me. that's my biggest head scratcher. Right? Yeah, I mean I, I know Arkansas has got athletes all over the field, but traditionally, P five conference teams. I'm thinking over the long haul, come into Provo. They struggle a little bit at elevation and, and in the confines of Lavelle Edwards Stadium, and I'm just thinking that. That one I'm going, hmm. Yeah, and not, and so not sure. that SEC teams do this a lot, but you know we remember Mississippi State coming in mm-hmm. here, BYU uh, taking care of them uh, a few seasons ago. Uh, other than that, at you know the 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 43% uh, win chance at Boise State seems low to me, only because we all know how those games are played. They're always very competitive, always very tight, usually one possession games, and 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 that feels uh, uh, again a little low to me. So uh, there could be some quibbling, uh, Stanford. To me, feels more uh, better than a 50-50 chance for BYU right now, but uh, I, I think, like Blaine said before, uh, there, there, there's a good chance to have more than seven wins by the end of this. Sure. By the yeah. end of this season. We were talking about yeah. the Shockers, the one at Liberty. I was like, whoa, okay, so they give BYU. They, they're calling us that. That essentially a toss-up game at 58. I, I mean, yeah. is Liberty awesome this year? And Liberty again, Liberty, Utah State, Wyoming, Baylor. These are all teams in that 110 or lower in terms of returning production. Now, by then, you've got your team. You kind of know who you are. 
But I think it's interesting that uh, that there's maybe not more of a benefit of the doubt being given to a very talent-laden and experience-laden BYU Sure. Team. And to your point, it's Albany that Baylor opens up with. So that's yeah, that quite the a, turnaround yeah. going from Albany right, on, the on the road to BYU. At, at BYU right. exactly. In the first real live, truly live fire game, yeah. And, and relatable to all of this, people ask me, so this schedule this season, is this the toughest one that BYU's played in Independence or was last year? Or what yeah. do you think? And I look at last year and preseason. In the FPI, BYU's picked to win 10. They go out. They, they win 10. Mm-hmm. This year, in the preseason rankings, and we're going kind of across the board, so a combination of everything, Oregon seems to be in every poll. Baylor seems to be in every poll. Notre Dame's in the top 10 in every poll. Mm-hmm. And Arkansas's in and out of polls. BYU's ranked yeah. in most of the polls. Have, have we ever seen BYU in the preseason play a schedule like this? Is this the toughest schedule they faced in Independence, do you think? Fewer P5s than last year, right? So it's not it's not as many P5s as last year, uh, but you could argue that maybe the, the the top to bottom quality is as competitive as it's ever been. But I always feel like we have to wait until we're X number of games into like and say hey, this feels like it's been or is going to be the toughest. I just feel like we almost have to reserve judgment till the end of the year, look back and go, you know what? Those were a lot of good. You know who ends up ranked? Who ends up going to bowl games? Um, you know we, we we think back about 1984, the the pit game kick things off for BYU. It was a big win at the time. It didn't end up being the kind of win that you maybe thought it would be at the start of the season, but for what it did for BYU in the moment, uh, you know, games like the Pitt win in 1984 are still pretty resonant, but we have to wait until the end to see how they all, I think, turn out to be. I, do you mind if I, if I um, just do a bit of a flashback here that kind of references you as well? Yeah. Uh, the home opener for BYU is Baylor. Yeah. Right? Uh, the last time BYU had a home opener and it was Baylor, was 1984. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It was the only other time they played Baylor mm-hmm. in, in Provo, right? So uh, you kind of come full circle to where uh, your last home opener was the national championship season. You get that back this year. It's your last time that you'll play Baylor as a non-conference opponent, then it becomes a league game. That Baylor game in 1984 was the first game I ever saw in person. First BYU football game I ever as saw. As a freshman at BYU. I was a freshman at BYU. Yeah, I, I just turned 17, and, <laughs> and I got my student season tickets, and I ended up in the south end zone. And uh, I sat in the stands that day and saw my first ever live, in-person American college football game. And it was BYU against Baylor. Please tell wow. him how we threw it all over the place on him. It was, I was like, this is American college football. <laughs> this is wild. <laughs> so, uh, and, and so I remember it was a sun-splashed Saturday afternoon, yes. hot. I sat in that end zone and just got my eyes opened. As BYU beat Baylor to go to two and zero, yes, right, and then of course finished the season undefeated, and here we are, all these years later, it's another Baylor home opener, mm. uh, and in an entirely different, uh, you know, framework of, you know, this is a now a Big Twelve conference preview when that was a game, you know, a non-conference game for the WAC back in the day. I love it. Greg Rebell is with us on BYU Sports Nation. We need to discuss conference realignment because mm. it has dominated Twitter and social media. In fact. I feel bad for all of my family members and friends and siblings because I feel like I have been <laughs> Your glued, nose in the phone. I've been glued <laughs> in, to in Twitter. Bed, in bed last night, I have, I have my phone, and I'm reading like this. And Brenda goes, what are you reading? And I go, and she goes, Pac-12 crap again. And I go, yes, indeed. <laughs> yes, indeed. It's, it's something new. It feels like every five minutes, right, based on whichever national entity is hearing what from their sources – how are you processing all of this conference realignment? Because USC and UCLA are obviously gone. Do you feel like there are going to be any other major fractures before we get to the actual college football season in 2022? I think realignment's still happening. I, I do. I feel like this is still a process. 
Um, I don't know that it'll be a process that takes us deep into the fall. I think we'll know a lot when the season kicks off. But I think we're still, this is still a, a, a moving target. And I, I will start with a kind of a, a, from a selfish perspective, meaning BYU, I'm so glad BYU got where it got when it did. Um, that, 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 that the Big 12 ink dried last fall. Yeah. Um, you know, the Big 12 was in a different position then than it is now, as was the Pac-12. The Pac-12, I think you could argue, had a legitimate chance to, to damage the Big 12's chances of effective survival just last year and opted to do uh, nothing in terms of expansion at that time. And that gave the, the Big 12 the space, the breathing room, the leeway needed to go um, uh, you know, buffer its membership, bring in four good programs, and set the table for the future to the point where now uh, the Big 12 has more leverage, more stability, and the ability to be the poacher as opposed to the poachee. When last year it could have been the shoe on the other foot just a year ago. So I'm very glad that BYU is in the position it's in now as opposed to 12 months ago. Um, and I think the Big 12 is in a position under new leadership to be aggressive and see what takes and see what makes sense. There are some regional fits. Um, you know, the, the, there's an argument to be made that, that, that a four-time zone conference, uh, you know, for the Big 12 that takes you from east to west and gives you a western arm yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. My friend Matt Brown from Ohio, uh, great college football insider, joked last night, look, if BYU is involved in a conference that's across four time zones, it needs to be called the General, the general yeah. Conference. There you go. I love <laughs> it. This isn't the Big Ten reaching out and just grabbing two West Coast outliers and throwing them into it. Oh. This is, this is a, a conference that kind of has a natural kind of flow or wave to the Western front that could make a lot of sense uh, regionally. And I, think, I, think, I still think college football fans, guys, want some regional connections. They want that. You know, with, with that said, in your mind, would you like to see BYU and Utah reunited in a conference? Whether or not I'd like to see it, or I think it makes the most sense if that's where the Big 12 is, is looking uh, you know, for membership. Um, you've got, obviously, a natural pairing in the mountain time zone in Colorado and Utah, and you've got a desert pairing um, that is sometimes a mountain time zone pairing in the Arizona schools as well. Mm -hmm. And the Arizona schools might be, I think, the easiest ads if you want to make I think I think Arizona might be the easiest sell, or the Arizona schools might be the easiest sell in terms of who'd want to go and why. There's a real strong regional tie to Texas right there. Um, uh, then again, but if you're going to go Arizona schools and you're going to approach or look at the idea of Oregon, Washington in the Northwest, how would you bypass the two mountain time zones? Yeah. Colorado and Utah. And Utah's done more than enough uh, you know, to merit inclusion in terms of brand identity and 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 performance worthiness and all those kinds sure. of things to make your league make sense. Now, what's so interesting, and we were just talking about this, like things change so fast. So Max underscore Olson, Big 12 insider supporting, mm -hmm. hey, the Big 12 is having serious talks with the six Pac-12 schools, Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, Utah, Oregon, Washington, and is determined to move quickly, sources tell the athletic. Okay? So we're like, whoa, oh, 16. Will that take it to 18? That Well, that's something. Then John Canzano. Very reputable reporter uh, for the Oregonian. He says, working theory, Pac-12 partners with the ACC. ESPN likes this. The Pac-12 then pursues key Big 12 entities, Baylor, Kansas, Oklahoma State, Houston, BYU, etc. He says, I don't see the Pac-12 teams leaving for the Big 12 as long as Washington and Oregon remain. So it's just I, so much speculation. How, where, when and where will the dust settle? Um, and what's real? Yeah, and, and good secrets were kept with Texas and OU and UCLA and USC. Yeah, how about that? How did how did nobody know before that one just blew up the college football world? Yeah, yeah, that's that's amazing actually that that was kept kept down. It, is it in the best interest of the Big Twelve um, because they've been really aggressive? We talk about new commissioners. Remember when all this was going down in the Pac-12? 
Um, you, you had George Klyovkov, who's kind of new mm-hmm. in that role, brand new guy, comes from the entertainment business, MGM uh, Entertainment Enterprises, and really didn't aggressively do anything, as you mentioned, to try to go, when, when things were going down with the Big 12, to destroy the Big 12. In fact, 12. they made a statement saying, we are fine. Yeah, we're, we're good. good where we we're are. We're good to go. Got an alliance. Now, and, and now all of a sudden, um, Brett Yormark from the Big 12, he's brand new. He's not supposed to be started yet, and we're seeing his name out there all over the place. He's going, yeah, we're talking. We're doing this. And we're week. hearing the word aggressive. We're hearing the word yeah. galvanized. This sounds like a, a, an organization sensing leverage and opportunity. So, so two major contrasting mm-hmm. stories and styles here just in two years, right? Yeah. Is it in, is it in the Big 12's best interest to go out and to go grab four or six teams? And to, well, does that solidify that conference more? I'd rather have 16 than 10 right now. Amen. You know, and if it's 18 for a couple seasons, so be it. Uh, again, I think it's more what can you do with those teams? What makes sense? Um, I, I think the four time zone idea, there's a lot of benefit to that. I think trying to retain some regionality is an important is important as well. BYU is the outlier right now, right in the Big 12, the regional outlier. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can you can talk about creating or recreating some um, some you know kind of philosophical rivalries with TCU and Baylor, et cetera. But BYU would not complain if there were some regional pairings or regional partners in in, in the Big 12 um, in terms of West Coast travel and 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 uh, and West Coast interest. I told you it would be worth the wait for Greg Rebell. He brought I don't know the goods. That it was, he but, brought uh... the goods, man. <laughs> okay, so this is the last show we're going to do in this That's version I, of this, Studio yeah. B. The hammer flies tomorrow. Right. Yeah. Which is wild. Okay, but we have one of our just most cherished products. This is gonna get. This is gonna get lost in the rubble. I can <laughs> tell right now. It's your picture, Greg. Do you? We, got, we, we feel like we need to offer it, it to you first. Would, it do, you, do you need to take this picture and put it in your office? Well, I, I, if, if you could assure <laughs> me that it would be somewhere for safekeeping, if I need to take it, so be it. But I can just see it, you know, buried under timbers Wait, are, and nails. And, are uh, you saying that it has no chance to get on the new set? Is that what you're saying? I'm not saying anything. Okay, okay. That, that decision is way, I feel like way that, above my pay grade. I feel like that belongs on the new set. Oh, thank you. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I feel. It's part of it's part of history. It's a Greg, bygone era. It's yeah. Greg three days before that first game <laughs> against Baylor. <laughs> oh, I kid. I kid. How old were you in that picture? Twelve. It, it feels it feels around uh, around the twelve year old range. Yeah. <laughs> I have pictures about that same age, and I have really long hair back then. Was that him? Lush, lush head of hair. Yeah, so good. Yeah. You're such a good sport. Oh yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks, Greg. My All pleasure, right, man. Okay, well, guys. coming up, the elite voice of the day. Yes. <laughs> I don't know how it gets more elite than that. <laughs> Stay with us on BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to Studio B. It's time to wax philosophical bring in some nostalgia, and remind you that we are on demand. Download the BYU TV and BYU radio apps today. Or download the podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Please subscribe, rate, and review. You know what? With no music, it almost feels right. Like the reverence of this moment, because we, are, in a way, are saying goodbye to an era, you probably an idea would have, of BYU probably Sports Nation. Hey, can you bring the music down? Because <laughs> we want to talk. We want to calm this thing down. Okay. Again, we're feeling the nostalgia just run through us right now. Uh, we have some tough decisions to make, mm-hmm. like primarily what pieces of swag are we going to take with us because a lot of this is not going to make its way to the new studio. Yeah, what, what, when what should make its way to the new studio? That's the other question, right? The Greg picture you're in favor of, right? Oh, I think Greg should, <laughs> Greg should carry over. I'm not, I'm not going to say really what I'm going to take with me. <laughs> But um, <laughs> just gonna hold something, some things up. 
neon yellow Nike shoes. Guess what I discovered? These are my size. (laughs) Perfect fit. (laughs) Somewhere Jerem Jordan is... Jerem doesn't wear this size. He's feeling squeamish. Guys, Jerem Jordan wears a size four. (laughs) These are 11s. Okay. No, I might not be able to take those. Yeah, I'm sure Greg's probably going to come in here and grab a few things. Listen, I brought the Dale Murphy signed baseball when he spoke to BYU Baseball. That one's going with me. I probably want the Cosmo bobbleheads. There's a piece of the national championship floor from when the women's volleyball team Mm. played in the national championship game in 2014 that they brought back for us and signed. I want that. What what about... What about my game helmet from back when I was playing? Oh, the one, the the original navy blue helmet. Yeah, that was that was your game. That's from <laughs> that's from my time. Am I too tethered to this thing to go get you, it? You and Tom Brady are the only ones that can pull that off now. Yeah, no, I was gonna go get it and, and see if my cord was long enough to go get it. But but uh, honestly, I had a helmet just like that when I was a kid. New York so Giants. Great. Growing up in New York, I had a Giants helmet with a double. Bar face mask, that's what they wore back in those days. I would put that thing on. Yeah. And my next door neighbor had a Cleveland Browns helmet, and we would go out and play full go. Browns against the Giants with those helmets on <laughs> and hit full go. And then with the, plastic helmets with on? With plastic helmets on. We were playing full go head to head. You've always known there's something wrong with me. <laughs> that, now I know it, why. It goes back, it goes back to that. Now, now I know why. All right. Uh we do need to get to some tweets and yes, specifically sure. our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountains Resort answering this question when you look at the football power index win probabilities what is your reaction we don't like seven and five playing yeah we, we feel like BYU is going to win at least nine games at ryefish 65 says I already bet my mortgage on BYU over 8.5 wins <laughs> so I'm glad you didn't listen to me and do the 9.5 yeah. right at Quinny on Twitter says I like being underestimated there you go okay okay mad I Cosmo says to quote the great and powerful Aaron Roderick, stats are for losers. <laughs> One of my favorite, favorite sound bites all time in the history of Aaron Roderick being uh, a coach at BYU. Stats are for losers. Well, unless the stats are really good, because then stats are for winners. Yeah, and uh, um, uh, Luke Balico on Instagram says, 7-5, three question marks, they did us dirty. Yeah, the computers. Yeah, the not, computers. Not the, the computers did us dirty. Okay, uh, now for the elite voice. Okay, the, the elite of the elite. Lame then Carol on Instagram says, freezing cold take. Okay, <laughs> bookmark that one. The ESPN FBI preseason when BYU well exceeds that. We'll come back and we'll we'll send that yeah. to freezing cold take. I'm sticking. This made me pause. I went back and did more research. Mm. I'm sticking with my 9.5 or more. Over. Which means that you can't win nine and a half. Over so under nine win. and a half. Yeah, wow. nine and a half is my over under. Like it. Today's rise and shout out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Yes, to this iteration of Studio B, my friends. It's been an eight and a half year run in the studio. Today is the last show on this currently constituted set. Things are changing. It's going to be a fun couple of months. Thanks for hanging out, Blaine. Ah, it's good to be here on the last show in this studio. I love it. For Blaine Fowler and our guest, Greg Rebell, I am Spencer Linton. Let's give a shout out to Mark Bellini. We'll see you. On Monday, in a new studio.